It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to the PowerMizzou.com podcast, the first full day of the Conzo Martin era at the University of Missouri. And we're going to talk all about it with a couple guys that know him pretty well. And since it's the first day of the Conzo Martin era at Mizzou, that means it is the first day of the post-Conzo Martin era at the University of California. And we bring in Ben Parker from GoldenBearReport.com, the rival site that covers Cal. Ben, how you doing, man? Doing good. Glad to be here. Yeah, appreciate you. Uh, it's good to talk to you. We've texted about 8,000 times in the last five days. Um so, first of all, just take me through this kind of story and how it unfolded from the Cal end. When did you, know, when did you kind of start taking it seriously that, uh, okay, this is, this is something that we probably really need to pay attention to? Well, so what sort of uh, kind of made me, to answer your question about taking it seriously, um, I heard, you know, about a couple weeks ago, uh, from some people that, you know, there was reason to think that Kanzamar might be looking for another job. Um, and as soon as I heard that, that gave me kind of pause and think, hmm, you know, maybe that there might be something to this. Now, what's probably what really kind of made me take that more seriously or look into it more is the fact that a year ago, there had already been uh, reports of Conzo Martin looking for other jobs. Um, and uh, Connor Latornio, the San Francisco Chronicle, uh, reported a year ago that uh, he was eyeing the Georgia Tech job um, and that that was the job that he was you know, seriously looking at um, out in wake of the Yanni Huffmingle, you know, firing and everything. So and um, so the very fact that there had already been a report a year ago from a quality reporter uh, at, the, at the SF Chronicle that Conzo was looking elsewhere for jobs uh, made me take uh, any whiff of a possibility from leaving seriously once it came around again this year. Yeah, and uh, obviously Missouri and Illinois came to the forefront. We, we know how the whole thing unfolded. So at this point, uh, we just want a little bit of insight into Conzo, and, and there's really three areas. We're going to start with the most positive and go down to the most negative. Uh I have yet to speak to a person in the last couple weeks who says anything except Conzo Martin is one of the most fantastic human beings in this profession. I mean, just as a guy, you got to know him over the last three years. What what kind of guy is he? He's a great guy. I mean, I'll say that. I mean, and, you know, he's a really classy guy. Um, he's very down to earth. Um, he's very approachable. Um, one of the things that he really values is um, being a mentor to his players. Um, they would have every year, every, I mean, I think they, they did last season, I mean, two seasons ago, they, I'm sure they did this season, they had these real talk sessions where every Sunday the team would come together and they would just talk about life. And so he really preaches the importance of life lessons and thinking about life beyond the game of basketball. So I, I think he sees himself as a as a basketball coach in terms of trying to win games, but I also really do think he sees himself as a mentor and somebody that can you know uh, be there for his players past you know uh, their basketball career. So that's probably his biggest strength is the mentoring aspect. All right, now on to the recruiting trail. Um, obviously, he got some talent 
at, at Cal. I mean, Yvonne Robb, Jalen Bird, there there were some guys out there. Uh, and the the hope for Missouri is with his ties to the Midwest that that recruiting can even take another step. But on the recruiting trail, uh, what my my impression is very good, not elite. Is that fair? That's fair. Now, here, here's the thing to keep in mind with Collins and Ron Security. So, he he goes after, I mean, he's been linked to a lot of big-name uh, uh, guys. Um, so, he's been linked to 2018 five-star Nasrin Reed. He's been linked to the 2018 five-star in Samisha Shitu. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, so, there's some guys that Mizzou fans might want to keep an eye on in terms of the 2018 recruiting cycle that he's been linked to. Um, listen, he's been a very, very good recruiter um, by getting Jalen Brown and Ivan Rab to come to Cal in the same season. I mean, that's just unheard of at Cal, right? I mean, the last kind of two big-name guys of that magnitude to come to Cal were Jason Kidd and Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Um, I think what could elevate him from being a very good recruiter to a great recruiter is the fact that, look, at Cal, the admission standards are, t- are tougher than most schools. Right. So he lost a lot of guys that he really wanted. One of them was Tyson Jolly. He was currently at Baylor. He lost Davon Dillard. Um, and there's several other guys that he wasn't able to get past admission. So really good recruiter. And I think if you look at what he did at Cal by getting Jalen and Ivan, I think Mizzou fans got to feel confident that he might be able to elevate himself from 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 good to, you know, from, from really good to maybe excellent. Yeah. Um, so. All right, now now we're going to hit the part where, frankly, this is why Missouri fans weren't sold on this hire for the, the two weeks during the search where we were saying it, it was possible too likely. He's gotten that talent, and he basically goes 22-11 and 11 with it every year. He's one of the last few teams in or one of the first few teams out. He Conzo Martin lives on the NCAA tournament bubble. So as a game coach, why have the results on the recruiting trail maybe not equaled the results on the court? Excellent question. I think this is the, the this is absolutely the reason why Mizzou fans should be worried. I mean, you know, should have pause about this hire. You know, the mentoring aspect as a coach, the recruiting aspect, those are all boom. He checks all his boxes. But yeah, here's the situation with why his teams have struggled is it's his overall it's, it's just his overall philosophy. He's very much a defensive-oriented guy, and I have some. I used to cover the Memphis Grizzlies um, NBA team, and he basically has a Memphis Grizzlies kind of approach, where it's all about you know defense, rebounding, and toughness, which isn't a bad thing. But he has no offensive like scheme, really. I mean, he really doesn't. It's basically this swing the ball around the perimeter thing. Maybe dump it inside to a big guy. I mean, and, and, and here's the thing. When you get a guy like, you know, Jalen Brown, and you get a guy like Ivan Rapp, like, I mean, first of all, even, like, there was stuff that happened last season that were distractions, granted. But with those two guys in your floor, even with Tyron Walsh out with a broken hand, Jabari Bird with back spasms, you've got to get past, you've got to get past a team like Kawhi. And then not only that, but, I mean, we've seen them struggle. We saw them struggle last year against Incarnate Word University. I haven't even heard of them. <laughs> I mean, they won by, like, eight or something. I mean, and it was because the offense was so bad. Um, so, look, I mean, his defenses are elite, and that obviously is reason for why his teams have done as well as they can. But his lack of creativity on the offensive side and lacking of a good offensive scheme – is the reason why his teams 
uh, haven't been more successful. And then sort of part two of that, um, while he's great at getting talent, I don't know how great he is at cultivating and developing that talent in terms of basketball ability. So, mm-hmm. yeah, these are, these are still high school kids you're getting. You've got to be able to develop them over a course of a, of a period of time. Right. And to me, he didn't really show the ability to develop that talent. So those are kind of two parts. X's and O's wise, offensive scheme, didn't see it. Not great. And then as far as developing talent, not sure where his level is there. Yeah. Talking to Ben Parker from the uh, Golden Bear Report, covers California. And uh, the the next question is, obviously, what's Conzo going to bring with him to Mizzou? Um, As far as staff goes, what do you expect? What are you hearing as far as guys that are with him at Cal that, that may come with him to Columbia? Yeah, okay, so on that, I mean, um, obviously nothing's officially happened yet. I, I right. firmly expect I firmly expect associate head coach Tracy Webster to follow him to Mizzou mm-hmm. um, because he's got Midwest ties, okay? He played at uh, the University of Wisconsin, um, and he was sort of the kind of the, – the two, the two kind of – top recruiters at the Cal program. I mean, obviously in college basketball, all the coaching staff was out recruiting. But the top two recruiters of the Cal program were Conzo Martin and Tracy Webster. And Tracy Webster, you know, deserves a lot of credit for the recruiting success of Cal as well as Conzo Martin. So I firmly expect Tracy Webster to follow him to Mizzou. Now, as far as the other guys in the coaching staff, King Jones is the interim head coach at Cal at the moment. So that indicates he's, you know, from the West Coast area. So that, to me, indicates that he's going to stick around at Cal. And then Cal hired this past season Tim O'Toole, who was previously at Stanford with Johnny Dawkins, who's a really good X's and O's guy. So I expect Tim O'Toole to stick around at Cal as well, uh, just because of his, uh, just because he's been in the Bay Area, and he also has, you know, experience at high academic places like Stanford and Cal. So I expect O'Toole and why King Jones to stay. Um, and I expect, uh, and then I expect uh, Tracy Webster to go. And then as far as other guys are concerned, like Marcus Green, head of basketball operations, I'm not sure what those guys are going to do. Yeah. Um, but Tracy Webster's the guy to pay attention to. I think he probably follows them. Okay. How about, uh, I'm not positive this name is correct, but somebody on our board posted that Marco Harris was uh, his basketball yeah. ops guy at Cal and is, is almost certainly coming to Columbia. He's an East St. Louis guy. Yeah, if, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, 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 I was kind of thinking more along the lines of you know actually. Like, oh, absolutely. Touch. But yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, Marco Harris. Yeah, I mean that's another guy that I would expect to uh, follow. That's what I, that was the guy I was mentioning. Was I think he's the guy that you. probably follows him as well. Yeah, I mean, so I think Marco Harris probably would. I mean, um, you know, um, but yeah. So Harris, you can get Harris to go. You can expect Webster to go, and I think Jones and oh, the only two guys who I would look at and say they're definitely sane. Is I respect Viking Jones to stay, Fellow stay. Everybody else, I mean, yeah, yeah. you can expect to follow Conzo there. Yeah. Okay, now uh, we'll wrap you up with two. First of all, um, I, I honestly, I don't think this is an issue because I don't think Missouri has room to, especially if the Michael Porter stuff comes to fruition, to be taking a transfer or adding players. Uh, anybody out there um, that that you could see player wise, maybe that would want to follow Conzo to Missouri again. I don't really think it's an issue because I don't think they're going to have room to add anybody, but if it comes up, you know, is there anybody that, that you think might look to transfer and be willing to sit a year? Um, one guy that could be is Tyson Jolly um, at Baylor. 
Okay, now Tyson Jolly already blue-shirted this season due to um, academic qualifications. Mm-hmm. Okay, but he was really close with Conzo Martin. Okay, Conzo loved him, loved him. Okay, like I heard Conzo talk because because Jolly was a Cal commit for like two years and then he couldn't get past the admissions. But I mean, I heard you know him uh, speak speak the other one glowing things about Jolly's game. Uh, to to the press, to fans at you know events. I mean, so Tyson Jolly's one name mm-hmm. that might follow him to Mizzou. Another kid that I think might follow him to Mizzou is a kid named Alec Hickman. Okay, he was a Cal uh, D commit due to academics as well, and at this time he has not found another school. I was checking okay. recently. So Alec Hickman is another guy who I might expect to Mizzou fans might, you know, uh, who Missouri fans might expect to him to go after. So you got Hickman, you got Jolly. Um, and then the other, the other thing is, is that Cal also has their own share of commits as well that we don't yet know what they're going to do. So you've got Jamal Baker Jr. You've got Jawan Harris. I mean, it depends how much room – you know, that uh, Mizzou has to play with. But um, as far as Cal's recruiting is concerned, um, it's unclear um, how many of the 2017 commits are going to stay on board. But, yeah, yeah, those are just some names that come to mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jolly's the big one. Jolly's the big one that I would kind of maybe eye and see what he does. Cool. Last thing for you, where's Cal go from here for a coach? Looking for a coach. Yeah. So, right now, I mean – from what I've sort of been hearing, um, you know, a lot of people like Eric Musselman because of his connections to the Bay Area, Coach Sacramento Kings, the NBA. Uh, so that's one name that a lot of people are, are saying. Um, another name that people are saying is Dennis Gates, former Florida – well, not – the current assistant coach at Florida State, I should mm-hmm. say. But he's a former Cal guy. Um, and so he's a young guy. He's proven it as a recruiter. He's – Built up Florida State into a really good recruiting class. And you can already see that. I mean, he landed some really good guys and been named for a lot of guys. Like Chaku Obi Agu, uh, Kevin Knox is still considering them, MJ Walker. I mean, so the, he's a, been a really good recruiter. So I think what Cal is looking for more than anything, I th- and I think this is why Konzo left, is I think Konzo Martin wasn't committed to – I mean, obviously because he left. Obviously because he left. He obviously was not committed to building the Cal program and buying into the full Cal experience, just in terms of the academic component. It's not; it's a hard place to coach in a lot of ways. And I think that what Cal really wants is they want a guy who has the whole package for them, you know, is willing to go out and recruit and build a good program, but also has experience with Cal and values the Cal side and values the Cal experience and has experience with it. And as somebody that would really want to be at Cal and build that program, and Dennis Gates, Florida State assistant, of all the names that I've seen on on, on our hot board, our publisher Trace Travers yesterday published an excellent um, coaching hot board. And of all the guys that are on that hot board, Gates is the guy that makes the most sense. You've got Theo Robertson, uh, currently an assistant coach with the Lakers, who's names have thrown around, but he doesn't have the same level of experience that Gates has. He's He's kind of more going the NBA assistant coach kind of trail, 
where I think Gates is very firmly on the young assistant coach that, you know, you know, is looking for a head coaching gig at some point, and why not Cal if you're him? Yep. All right, well, Ben, I appreciate it, man. Uh, good working with you the last couple weeks, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. For sure. Thanks again for having me on. All right, have a good one. That is Ben Parker, GoldenBearReport.com. He covers California uh, for the Rivals Network, and so there you go. From uh, from that end of it, that's how it goes. From one Ben to another, we're now going to talk to Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, who is down at Cardinal Spring Training. Sorry, Cardinals fans on Power Mizzou. That's not why we're talking to Ben Fredrickson today, although if he wants to sneak in a Cardinal report from spring training, you know, more power to him. Uh, ben, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. I can report that the uh, the weather is a little chilly for Florida, but not uh, not quite as bad as what you're probably dealing with in Columbia yeah. and uh, and St. Louis. So I can't complain too much. Yeah, I feel zero bad for you um, right now, to be quite <laughs> honest. Uh, so before we get uh, and we're having been on because he was in Knoxville, Tennessee, for a little while and covered Conzo Martin there. Before we get to Conzo Martin, literally as I was calling you, Tom Crean fired at Indiana. So that's interesting. It is. Um, you know, there was a lot of uh, hand-wringing in Indiana um, when uh, everyone said that there was no way that Tom Crean would, would look around at, at other jobs, to which I think we both knew was not exactly um, <laughs> which was not exactly the case. I mean, he absolutely was at least kicking some tires. So um, they, they appear to maybe have been on, on a path to move forward together, but something something changed. It's been such a bizarre thing there, right? I mean, yeah. you had the – the, the news that Crean was at least kicking some tires on a Mizzou job, and then you have the uh, the the kind of the the calming of the of the speculation, and then all of a sudden there's that weird NIT debate about them forfeiting the home game, and now all of a sudden he's gone. So um, a bizarre uh, ending for Tom Crean at at, the, at Indiana. And what that tells me is what we came around to in the last three or four days, anyway, that Conzo Martin was always Jim Sterk's guy. I mean, like every AD is going to stand up there and say, "I got the only guy I wanted." But I believe Jim Sterk. Conzo Martin was number one from the get-go, and nobody ever moved on top of him. Do, do you agree? Well, if, if Crean was um, initially, they certainly moved on from that pretty fast. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I wish I could have a look at Jim Sterk's list. But if, if Crean was number one and so was number two, then Crean was checked off pretty quick because uh, there was never any sort of uh, – any sort of follow-up after that kind of that initial buzz of maybe there being a mutual interest there, it died, and then it was very quickly, obviously, onto onto Conzo, and maybe he was first all along. Um, I don't have any reason to believe he wasn't yeah. two in the top two because uh, because the cream stuff was here and gone in a quick minute, and then all of a sudden it was Zo all the way. Yeah. Now, okay, to we we want to be up front here. Like Ben Fredrickson sure. has championed Conzo Martin for this job from day one. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he he has been your guy, and I know you know him very well, certainly better than than anybody else that covers Missouri right now, I think. So I am going to – and look, everybody's on board with this right now. I think they're largely on board with it because of what has occurred with, with the Porters and all that. But for the people who think, why did we just give $3 million to a guy that's going to go 22-11 and 11 every year? I'm going to give you as much time as you want to sell everybody on this hire. Sure. Um, well, first of all, there's some there's some um, some Conzo Martin myths I call them that are oftentimes uh, perpetuated by Tennessee fans who uh, who are were really happy to see Conzo go yet still seem to be having a hard time letting him go, um, and that was due to the fact that um, he had to follow Bruce Pearl, um, a guy who led Tennessee to great success 
while also cheating and eventually putting the, the program on probation for two years that Zoe had to coach through. So I guess the beauty is now I have the beholder there. But but Conzo is, is more than uh, more than you know a twenty win guy. If you look at his um, what he's done in his second and third seasons and everywhere he's been, if you look at the fact that his worst season was his first season ever at Missouri State, if you look at the run they made to the Sweet Sixteen while at Tennessee. Um, there are some folks who will say, well, that that team got lucky. And to me, no Sweet Six team, team is lucky. I covered that run. And uh, it was a team that um, that, that won a first four game um, against against Iowa and Dayton and then went on a really stunning run, really, and probably was one questionable charge call away from making the Elite Eight and could have been right in position to beat Michigan to make Tennessee's second ever um, Elite Eight, something that, that Bruce Pearl only did once. So, um, I think he is uh, right to be said. There's a valid question that, hey, can this guy make get the best out of his teams before they're on the bubble? That's a fair question. But to say that his ceiling is uh, a bubble team, it ignores the fact that he's, he's one of the coaches who was lucky enough to get to a, to a sweet 16. And I know it sounds crazy to talk about a 20-win guy being a bad guy, being a bad thing, especially with where Mizzou basketball has been lately. Right. Um, but he's more than that. And I think you're seeing that um, in the recruiting news that he's making you know the, the sounds like there's a decent chance that the porter brothers will wind up with their dad at mizzou i've watched him recruit at tennessee you know he he got jarnell stokes to reconsider tennessee after bruce pearl was fired and landed him recruited robert hubs there recruited josh richardson who now plays for the miami heat who was a three-star guy um everybody knows about the all mcdonald's all americans that he had at, at cal um, you know, people. Some people won't like the style of play. It's Big Ten style. It's motion offense and defense, defense, defense. Um, but I've seen it when it works and when he has the players to make it work, and it can be impressive. And plus, I just think he's going to be. Uh, I think he's going to clean up in St. Louis area recruiting because he's got one of the best success stories that come out of East St. Louis, other than Jackie Joyner Kersey. He's right up there um, with his success at Purdue and his success as a coach. So I think he's going to be a home run with those area recruits, and we're already starting to see that effect. All right, you kind of answered my next question then, which I think that's the hope is that he has this great effect on recruiting where Missouri has struggled. So I said on the radio in St. Louis this morning, and I want to see if you agree with this, the guy who hates this hire more than anybody in America is Travis Ford. I agree. Um, and whoever whoever gets hired at, at Illinois. I thought um, you were going to think... say whoever gets hired when Travis Ford leaves SLU. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that will be something. That's going to be an annual thing. Maybe if uh, if he likes having his name out there, we'll see. It. Time will tell, I guess. But yeah, I mean, if I'm Travis, I'm trying to lock Cartier Gordon in a box right now and keep him hidden, um, because those are the guys that you wonder if so is going to have an instant impact with a guy like Mark Smith out of uh, out of Edwardsville, who has apparently you know been leaning toward Illinois this whole time, even during the coaching change. All of a sudden, he's getting brought up as a guy who might be more interested. In Mizzou, I mean, these are the guys that you hire, Conzo, in part, to see if he can make an impact with. Because Gabe, you know as well as I do, make a list of players in the past three years that have come out of that area yeah. uh, and gone somewhere else and come up with the starting five from that group or even two or three and tell me that's not a that's not a deep-run tournament team. Um, so maybe this can be the uh, – if, if, if Conzo can't come in and recruit those players – at a at a better clip than it has been in the past, and I don't know if anybody can because he can come in and sit in that living room and tell those parent stories about playing with Alfonso Ellis and growing up in the East St. Louis projects and coming out of the hole and playing for Gene Cady, who taught him, you know, the the purpose of playing hard and and not taking the the shortcut. I mean, he has a he has a pretty good pitch to a lot of parents and a lot of players that are going to come from that from that area. Yeah, and. Uh, it, 
I don't know if you've written it, but a lot of people have written the Conzo Martin story, and it's a fantastic story. I mean, we we talked with our cow guy, and I think you'll say the same thing. I've yet to encounter anyone that says anything other than this is one of the best people in this business. Uh, like, everybody I know loves Conzo Martin. Now, look, that doesn't mean he's a great coach. Uh, the, the coach that was just here, everybody loved him. So, obviously, you still got to be able to coach. But his his story and just everybody that's ever worked with him tells me he's great. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, I mean, you know, as well as I do, there's a, a lot of uh, there's a pretty shady underbelly to the college basketball scene, and he's an example of the the far opposite end of the spectrum. Stand up guy, does things the right way. Has never been in NCAA trouble. Um, you know, recruits guys and puts the time and and, and effort into getting the players to stick around or even come from from out of state and really, you know, goes in hard on big name recruits and forms a relationship with them that gets them to, to pick over programs where they might, you know, have more of a recruiting reputation or things along those lines. He, we've seen him pull off big wins. I mean, some of the, some of those guys he got at Cal, he pulled one out of Georgia. He pulled one, he got one to stay home at Cal. Um, he's, uh, he's done it, you know, everywhere he's been. And uh, I don't think it'll be any different. I think it'll be much better at Missouri. And then throwing the fact that he's, he's got the, the Purdue legacy as a player. He played in the NBA. He can, he can sell that. And also the fact that he's just got an incredible success story, man. I mean, you're talking about a guy who, who at one point in his childhood was dodging bullets um, yeah. and in random shootouts to now, um, you know, cancer survivor, great father, great husband. And uh, he just checks all the boxes that you have with the coach that you want to go out and sell. Um, now, again, he's going to have to coach. He's going to have to win games. And, and if he if he's missing the tournament like he did this year at Cal, Mizzou fans won't be happy. Right. They shouldn't be. Um, but in terms of checking boxes that you want in a coach, he's got them all on the list of intangibles. Right. Now, I'm not ready to jump on the he's going to have a five-man recruiting class all in the top 100 in the next month, which is like the pie-in-the-sky best-case scenario. It's not It's not out of the question, um, but I don't anticipate that everything works out that way. But we all kind of think, hey, the porters are coming. Um Jeremiah Tillman, who knows? C.J. Roberts, will he stick with them? Mark Smith, you mentioned, who knows? But let's say they get the Porters. How quickly can Conzo get this thing going? And and you might be the key because you were here and they were good, and then you disappeared for a while, and it's really been bad, and, and now you're back, and maybe they'll be good again. <laughs> I don't think I can take that much uh, that much credit. But, I don't I mean, think yeah, you can you, either. You, I was just trying to be nice. One, <laughs> one player can, can turn a program around in basketball. Um, we've seen it. Um, we've also seen players, Koff, Lorenzo, Romar, Koff, um, that, that are great and play for a coach who can't get it done, and they don't make the tournament. So, um, I mean, I think Porter's the real deal. I have no reason to think he's not. I mean, he's clearly a one-and-done type talent. Um, so to see him in Columbia would be as much excitement um, as that program has seen in, 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 since, I, since I can remember. Yeah. Um, now, the thing about this, too, is people say, well, he's just a one-and-done. How much difference can he make? Well, so realize how one – star recruit opens floodgates for others um, and sometimes it takes one guy going somewhere to get two more down the road and then all of a sudden the pipeline is established I mean the reason that Kim Anderson didn't work at Mizzou and I, I'm as, as big of a Kim fan as anybody I think he's a great guy you know, he's from my hometown I'm a Sedalia honk so uh, you know I'll never speak poorly of Kim but the reason he failed there is he never got those impact recruits the, the guys that could alter the discussion the guys that could give fans right. something to look forward to and then deliver and Porter is the definition of that. Um, you know, he would have a spot, a starting spot on any team in the country next season. Could be the best player um, in in the class overall. It could be the number one pick in the draft. I mean, that's not 
that's not stuff we throw out there lightly. He's a legit right. future star. And to have him be your first guy in that class, I mean, that sets a pretty good tone for what could come. No question. Well, Ben, it's uh, November 10th, Iowa State. Get your press pass now because if Michael Porter is one of the guys in uniform, uh, I think that place is going to be full. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to the Mizzou-Tennessee uh, matchups. Also, Mizzou-Auburn with Bruce Pearl on the sideline. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And then, hey, whoever Illinois uh, hires, you know, there are a lot of – there are a lot of good local ties here, and uh, and maybe they can can even uh, start up another series with Purdue, as you know, Conzo being the player to be named later, six years after Matt Painter <laughs> stayed in West Lafayette. I like it. All kinds of series we can play together. I put SLU on the uh, on the schedule too. All right, good deal, man. We'll never have to go more than like two hours from Columbia to cover a game. It'll be great. But uh, hey, all right, making Mizzou basketball relevant again, man. Good to talk to you. All right, Ben. Thanks, man. Uh, enjoy Florida. Take care. Ben Fredrickson from uh, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch covered Conzo uh, at Tennessee. And, look, Ben is an unabashed Conzo Martin fan. I talked to him throughout this thing, and, and he said from the get-go, that's who they should go get. And there it is. Uh, they got him, and there's the case for him. I, I'm not telling you it's right. I'm not telling you it's wrong, but Ben makes the case, and it will be interesting to see where things go. Conzo um, has an introductory press conference on Monday. Um, we will be there, but there will be so much going on between now and then. Recruiting, uh, Alex Schiffer and I are loading up on recruiting information, filling a staff. We've posted some uh, some things there. Talk to, talk to Ben Parker about it a little bit, but also we've got some more information that we've posted over at PowerMizzou.com on, on guys that Conzo could be looking at. Um, so he's going to have to fill the staff. He's going to have to fill a recruiting class. He's going to have to massage this roster, come in, meet these guys, who's staying, who's going, all that. It is going to be a very active month, month and a half, and then uh, obviously get into the summer and workouts and, and trying to build his first team. So the Conzo Martin era is underway, and I would venture to say it was the most exciting 24 hours in Missouri basketball since they won the Big 12 tournament in 2012. We'll see what lies ahead, but the last 24 hours certainly have been fun. Thanks for listening. Uh, Spring football practice this afternoon. We will be there, Chamber, tomorrow. Back on the podcast with you all next week.